Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to be here with Tommy Markov. Tommy and I have had an opportunity to connect before this and just talked forever about all things business and health and nutrition and you know everything that I'm excited for you guys to hear. So I cannot wait for that. Again, I'm live streaming this today on my More Than Corporate community Facebook page. So if you want first access to podcast episodes, head over and request to join that. Before we jump into this interview with Tommy, I want to um, take just a minute to talk to you about the mastermind that's coming up. I am so excited for this. This mastermind is really built for anybody who feels like they haven't quite put all the pieces together yet. If you feel like you've done everything that you're supposed to do in your life and it's just not falling into place the way that you expected, then it's time for us to step back and look at exactly what's missing from each area of your life, define what your best life looks like, and then start building your business from there. The Define Your Life Mastermind is 12 weeks long and it is designed to help you get clarity on exactly what your best life looks like. And then we get to jump in and start pushing you out of your comfort zone so that you can go out there and live that blueprint that we just created. If you're interested in that, please head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com. I'm getting ready to launch a new round of the mastermind, and I would love to have you in that. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Tommy. Tommy is a functional nutrition coach and wellness educator who takes an individualized approach with each one of his clients to improve conditions such as weight loss, poor relationships, and food, binge eating, gut health and digestive issues, detox, chronic disease management, keto, intermittent fasting, stress management, healthy aging, and disease prevention. Despite his own personal struggles, or perhaps because of them, Tommy is able to live a healthy, fulfilled, and regret-free life, making a living doing what he is most passionate about. Now at age 45 and finding himself in better health and shape than when he was in his 30s, Tommy knows a thing or two about perseverance and overcoming setbacks. He joins us on our show today to tell us a bit about his journey, how he has turned his pain into passion, and helps others find the same happiness and fulfillment through better health and lifestyles. Tommy, thank you so much for coming on with me. I appreciate it. Amber, thank you so much for having me on. It's really my honor to be on this podcast. I've been listening to your podcast. I actually uh, made use of some of the references and I hired some some people off of your podcast, the Free Our Podcast. <laughs> I, I love to hear that. Nathan's amazing. So I'm yeah. so glad that that was able to work out for you. He's a great that, guy. Yeah, that was the first podcast I listened to. And I'm like, you know what? I could use some help. <laughs> yeah, he I, is amazing. I just, I just want to coach people. I need to outsource the stuff I don't want to do. But yeah, it's a pleasure to be on here. Uh, I thank you for the intro and I'm excited yeah. to get this going. I'm so excited to be here. So I always like to start by really going way back in your journey because I know that everybody kind of has this story where we have this idea when we're 17, 18 years old and we think we know everything about life and we've just got it all figured out. So when you're young Tommy, and you're saying, my life is going to be this. What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? So, yeah, I, ha- I had it all figured out. I had it all mapped out. Um, I knew I always wanted to be a healer. I loved sciences. I was much of a science geek. I loved physics and chemistry and all that, and still do, obviously. So the, a natural path for me was, hey, I'm going to be a doctor. And also there was a bit of that, let me make my parents really happy. <laughs> you know, because being a doctor is really prestigious. So there was some external motivation going on there, but that's what I wanted to do. I was pre-med at Rutgers. I graduated pre-med. I did well. I passed my entrance exams. I got into a couple of schools and that's not what I wound up doing. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting as we talk about your story, which we're going to get into here in just a minute, the fact that you wanted to be in this field where you could help people in this medical field. And it may not have been where you really ended up as far as the doctor side, but I would argue that you may actually be in a position to help them more because you get to interact with them before they get to that point where they are in a hospital needing to have that doctor's care. Amber, you nailed it. You nailed it on the head because that is so true. And that's one of the things, unfortunately, with with our healthcare system, we wait till people get sick and have symptoms and then treat the disease. And and one of the things I love about functional medicine is that we look at the root cause, we look at imbalances, we look at disturbances before they happen. We look at optimizing health and just integrating the whole body as a whole. We don't look at everything in different compartments. So everything's preventative. And I, I kind of agree. I'm happier. You've read my my extended bio. So I've been through hell and back to get to here where I am, but I couldn't be any happier being where I am. And I agree. I, I'd rather be on a preventative side than honestly being a prescription pad jockey. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, those things that you've been through, which we'll get into here in just a minute as far as a few of them, but those things that you've been through, they have paved the way for you to get to where you are right now. And that's one of the biggest things that I try to get into in this podcast, because for me, um, and I know we talked about this a little bit before, for me, it wasn't anything overly negative. It was, in fact, the other way around. All of the dedication to academics, all of the time and money and effort and energy and sweat and tears put into becoming an attorney. And then how do you walk away from that, right? And it's a reminder that good or bad, all of the experiences that we experience in our life create a whole rounded person that is ready to produce something for the world and being able to harvest that instead of thinking that you've wasted those years. I I 100% agree. And I can, you know, anecdotally speaking, every single one of my, whether it was setbacks or, or misfortunes or something led to some, some sort of wisdom, knowledge, experience that actually comes in extremely handy for me doing coaching now, whether it's whether it's working in mental health or whether it's being a business owner, whether it's being, you know, being a life coach, whether it's being homeless, um, whether it's being 150 pounds overweight, it's like I can relate to stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. So for you, and I know that in your bio, we talked about this weight journey that you've been on where you were really, really fit and healthy in your younger years. And then all of the sudden you weren't. Was it that journey that allowed you to find functional medicine? Or where did you come into the importance of this? So what allowed me, so basically, it was my own struggle with the weight wasn't the issue. The weight I knew how to, I was always, I was fit when I was young. I was one of those fit to fat to fit stories or am. So I knew how to do it. I just had to apply it. But I went, I read a lot of books. I went back to school. I switched my major in order to do it. However, in order to the transformation and that led me to functional medicine was not finding what I needed going to my doctor's things getting worse, just not wanting to be on payment. It was either medications or surgery. You know, my knee doctor wasn't communicating with my, with my back doctor who wasn't communicating with my neurologist who maybe wasn't communicating with my physical therapist. And it just seemed like I was getting passed around like a hot potato. And, and I just wanted to know this has been going on since my thirties, but now I'm 45 my biggest question is why is arthritis and the joint degeneration so rampant? It's like a San Diego fire in my body. Like every joint hurts every morning and I just trying to control it. And I'm, I don't want to be on pain medications. I don't want to be on NSAIDs and, you know, take an antidepressant if the pain's bothering you. What? No. Like, like let's figure out what the hell's going on. So I turn to functional medicine where they look at the root cause of what's going on and learn what's at the root of inflammation. Or maybe it has to do with gut health, or maybe it has to do with, um, you know, some toxicity that you're holding on into your body. And those two things alone, gut health and, and detoxification, I, I could probably help 80% of what my clients come to me with just those two things alone. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so was this journey before or after your then weight loss? So was it pain management and then you found functional medicine and then the weight came off or what was the order for that? So I had the injuries, I had the, I had the injuries, the surgeries, you know, lost my mindset, just said, F it. I can't work out. I can't be fit. I might as well just let everything go. And I let myself go. And the chronic pain came. I didn't take care of myself. The weight ballooned up. I had the weight loss and the weight loss came, but a lot of the chronic pain, it, it dramatically reduced, but the joints that were already affected were getting worse. And at 45, I'm already having a double knee replacement. That's not a good outlook, but I'm still active every day. I'm still up and at it every day. I can find every excuse in the world to just hit snooze and pull the covers back over my head and say, not today. I did that for a long time. It didn't, it didn't get me too far. Yeah. So I want to use that segue to really move into this mindset side of things, because you mentioned that you had lost your mindset, which is one of the hardest things to really come to terms with when you're in the suck, right? Like we can have this conversation afterwards and talk about how horrible it was when you, when you lost your mindset, but when you're in it, you just don't even realize what's going on. You just feel lost. And there's so many people out there who are working on finding healthy alternatives to, well, actually, let me take that back. They're not even worried about finding healthy alternatives. They just want to feel better and they don't know how to do that. And they read somewhere, eat this, eat this, eat this, which is probably good advice, but the mindset gets in their way. Can you talk about the mindset side of nutrition? Sure. Uh, real plainly, I can tell a client, I can tell you what you should be eating if you come to me with whatever your issue may be, whether it's weight loss or some, some, some IBS or you know maybe some chronic pain or some joint issues or whatever it may be. But if you're not ready to hear that, if you're not motivated enough to make the change, then I need to step back a little bit and address, let's get you to that point. Let's bridge that gap because your values, someone's values may be, I want to be healthy, but their actions and daily routine kind of goes against the grain and it creates a lot of ambivalence. So as a coach, I like to highlight that ambivalence to my clients and say, listen, you're saying that you value your health. However, you're doing X, Y, and Z and you're feeling what you just told me. So uh, helping them understand how their behaviors relate to how their, what their thoughts are. But also just around food in general, I have to address, because in a coaching session, it's not all, a nutrition coaching session is not necessarily all about food. I mean, this morning I had a client and we worked exactly on mindset. She was ready to quit, throw in a towel working, working out at a gym. I work at a couple of health clubs and, uh, this was a particular member, and she just wanted to throw in a towel. And I said, you know what? I, I'm not going to sit here and give you nutrition advice because you're not open to hearing it. We need to step back and address what walls are up. And she was open to it. And at the end, those walls came down, and things yeah. just opened up. And she was receptive, and she was engaged. So it, it, much like... You know, I learned in, in my in my years studying psychotherapy is that you have to meet the person where they're at. So one person might be all fired up, already eating well, wants to do keto, intermittent fasting. They already know half the stuff. They just need accountability and some tweaking. And all the way to the other end where somebody might not know the difference between a protein and a carbohydrate. Yeah. Or yeah. Just, um, and, and I think that that's... that's the mindset side of things. So when you're talking about having a coaching session, because I think this is super important when you're talking about having a coaching session and you don't talk about nutrition, people would say, there are some people who would say like, how is that nutrition coaching then? And I think what's so important for people to understand is that the problem's never the problem, right? You and I had this conversation when I, um, I don't even know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but when I first moved to Vegas, um, I ended up having some blood work done and I had a thyroid diagnosis. And I remember my mom coming with me to the doctor's appointment because there was some other stuff going on and I was terrified. <laughs> we get this diagnosis and my mom's like, maybe that's why you're having a hard time losing weight. 
And I'm like, no, mom, cheeseburgers are the reason I'm having a hard time losing weight. Like, but it's never about the problem, right? It's not the cheeseburgers aren't the problem. It's why are those important? Like, why do I have a fridge full of food? Why why do I have $150 of fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and fish in my fridge? And then I get in my car and drive to Burger King. Like, what's the purpose of that? Because we can say, I'm busy. We can say, oh, I don't have time to meal plan. Those are the excuses that come out of our mouth. What's the real reason that we don't want to do what we know we need to do to be successful. And that's what I love about what you do. Exactly. And and that's why it's so important for, for as a coach for me to kind of dig into, first of all, like what's, what's your goal and you know, it may be weight loss, but that's what you want, but that's not why you want it. So I want to know why you want it. Is it, do you want your husband to look at you better again? And do you want to feel more attractive? Do you want to, do you have a wedding coming up? Do you want to just feel better about yourself? Do you have health concerns? So because those things are important to stay connected to through the through the journey of, of health coaching to co- stay connected to your why. But I think it's very, very important for people because it's it's so, so super easy to get yourself self-discouraged, especially someone who's been yo-yo dieting. And, and like you said, the information's out there so I can give someone a diet. You can go buy a magazine. You can go on Google. You can go on some of the most trendiest food websites with the best advice people aren't applying it is what I'm trying to say. And so many times it's not that they don't want to apply it. It's that number one, either they don't know how, or number two, we have these self-sabotage techniques that run through our mind because unconsciously, you know, it's so crazy when somebody told me fear of success was a real thing. I was like, you're out of your mind. And then all of a sudden, like we start working on my fears. Like, why are you afraid to be successful? So when somebody's working with a nutritionist or a nutrition coach and they say, why are you afraid to lose weight? Like that sounds like a ridiculous question, but it's a real thing. It, it is. And, and sometimes it, well, listen, change is hard. Change is difficult. We don't, we don't know what's on the other side. We're not used to it. You have to let go of certain things, you know? And like you, you referenced earlier, I think it was about the cheeseburgers I could tell you to cut down on the cheeseburgers, but I also want to know why are the cheeseburgers there? Why do you have a fridge full of healthy food, but you're still going out to a drive-thru to get a cheeseburger? That's important for me to know because that's behavior related. That's not food related. And if, you know, if we don't think that behavior and all that has anything to do with food, then we got to look at how hooked we are on sugar and fast food and convenience foods so much so that we've switched from just eating convenience foods to just totally being convenience people. And that's what one of the issues. That's such a powerful statement, switching to being convenience people, because that impacts everything we do in every area of our life, not just in nutrition. When we start only doing the things in our life that are convenient, we're not going to accomplish any of the goals that we want to accomplish in life. One of the things that you said previously that I really wanted to hit on when we kind of um, skated past was this idea that on the mindset side of things, when you're working with a client and you won't give them meal plans, you don't tell them exactly what to eat, you give them guidelines and help them understand and learn. So as you're combining the nutrition side with the mindset side, What does that look like as you start to see a shift in your clients? Um, It may not be immediate weight loss, right? Because I would assume that most people that you work with are stepping on the scale like two times a day and are like, why isn't it going down? And so how do you work with the intangible mindset wins that come along with this whole journey? So we, we look at, I like to keep things consistent. I'm, I like my, I, everything has to be sustainable. If it's not sustainable, then, you know, I, there's a saying the best diet for you is the one that you can stick to certain diets have certain advantages and I may prefer one over the other, but if you can't stick to it, it's not the diet for you. But with that being said, um, it's interesting to see people's mindset shift around nutrition when they're losing weight or around when they have, you know, because you have to address the mindset before you address the nutrition because they might not be ready to 
to take yes. that in. But one of, you know, so besides weight loss and my blood pressure went down and uh, my, my blood sugar is better and all these um, biomarkers, mood and the emotion is something that I've really dig into with my clients and try to evoke and how they're feeling when, so like if I send, I have weekly food logs that I send my clients. I don't just ask them what they ate, but did you get outside? Did you spend 15, did you take 15 minutes to yourself today to be kind? Did you practice self-compassion today? I don't need to know the answer. I'm just reminding people that these things are important because that, that cultivates just a mindset of making change. And when, when people have that shift in mindset, when people start seeing changes, yeah, it's not always, they step on a scale, but you know, shifts happen. And sometimes it's a shift in mindset before it's a shift in weight. And sometimes the shifts are incremental and there's other things we, we work with. So, and a lot of our things I work with is accountability, you know, because again, I can give you a diet and we got to see if, like how you stick to it. And I have really cool, interesting ways to, and fun ways to, to create accountability around people's goals. But honestly, just, just reminding them of and connecting them why they're doing this in the first place, but keeping things small and gradual and, and celebrating those small victories and, yeah. and giving themselves and giving themselves rewards. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, looking at the why, you know, we when we started this um, podcast, you heard me talk about my mastermind, the Define Your mm -hmm. Life mastermind. And one of the things that I love the most about what you do is part of my mastermind is specifically designed around defining what you think healthy is. Because there's so many people out here in the world that are telling you that in order to be healthy, you have to weigh between this weight and this weight. And then you know, the whole idea of a well-rounded life that we get to decide is figuring out what we want and why we want it out of each area of life. So are you willing to put in the sacrifices that it's going to take to be the bodybuilder figure? Is that what healthy means to you? Or is healthy being able to get up and go run with your kids and being able to make it through the day with energy? And I think that that's one of the things that you touch on that you and I connected so much on when we talked the first time was this idea of what do you really want your life to look like? When, when, when you sit down and say, I finally feel healthy, what does that look like and feel like to you so that we can get you there instead of taking you to some abstract definition of healthy? Absolutely, because everyone has a different definition of health. Someone may want to lose weight and might want six pack. And someone just says, listen, I just want to lose a couple pounds and, and, and learn to stop smoking. So we all have different definitions of health. And I need to know what that person's definition is. That's why I like functional medicine, because the functional piece looks not just at the, it looks at the individual, the uniqueness, the genetics, the certain medical conditions going on, but it also is like takes the whole body as a whole. So we look at that as functional medicine. So it's important for me to know these things about my clients. Yeah, I love it. And on the bottom of the screen, if you guys notice, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, there's Tommy's contact information, his Facebook and Instagram handle of at Living Wellness Solutions. You can reach out to him and continue this conversation related to health um, because he really is a valuable resource. Um, but I wanted to take just a minute to highlight this absolutely fantastic product that you have out right now in your um, ebook that you've created. What is mm -hmm. um, your ebook about and where can it be found? So my ebook is essentially, uh, it's a weight loss game changer. That's what the title is. And it is an ebook of compilation of this. I think it's 12 or 13 uh, principles that I used to essentially lose 120 pounds, reconnect with the healthier version of myself, improve my relationships, improve my financial success, made tr tremendous ripple effect on my life. And um, so it has everything included in there. It's free. It covers everything you need to know from nutrition to exercise to movement to hydration. Um, it can be found on my website, livingwellnesssolutions.com. There's a bunch of buttons throughout the site that you can download it and it should pop up as a download. Just throw your email in there. It's free. I would love to connect with you afterwards. If you guys have any questions, um, download the ebook. That's priceless. A lot of people find really super useful information out of it. And it's how I personally lost 120 pounds. And that was over six years ago. And I have not gained a pound of it back. 
And it's not just about weight loss. It's just a, it's about healthy eating and living healthy. It just happens to be titled weight loss. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because, so when I started working with my nutritionist and we had this conversation a little bit, when I started working with my nutritionist, I remember texting my friend and saying, I had my first coaching call with my nutrition coach today and I expected him to tell me to eat broccoli and kale and chicken breasts. And instead he asked me how much sleep I was getting at night and what my nighttime routine looked like. And I was like, well, shit, this is gonna suck. Like this is different than anything I've ever done before but this is going to suck. And I thought the same thing when I, when I looked at your book was, Oh, this isn't just saying go out and get healthy vegetables and fruits. This is saying, how are you doing your stress management? How are you, how are you handling your sleep? And when you realize that in order to have this healthy life, you Mm -hmm. have to actually make healthy choices in places other than food. You're like, man, I thought this was going to be easy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, if you're not sleeping well, if you have high stress levels, chronic stress that you're not really dealing with well, they are going to impact your eating behaviors, your motivation to work out, how you sleep. And, you know, I was working with a client for two, three months working on nutrition and and he was doing okay. And then he had a plateau and we couldn't figure out we're making all these nutritional adjustments. And then one day he just opened up about his massive stress levels. And I said, that's where we're going. And for about two months, we worked straight on the stress levels routine, bookending routines, having a morning routine, having a nighttime routine, meditations, things at night uh, to meditate, things throughout the day in the moment, ways like breathing exercises when he gets off of off a phone call and he's pissed off and he hangs up the phone or an email, things he can do in the moment to drop his stress levels. And everything fell into place after like a month and a half. And he actually wound up joining a nutrition challenge and crushing it and winning it. That's amazing. And so, and the thing is like, there's people, we, we've talked a little bit about the different goals that people might have. Um, but if whether your goal is weight loss or overall health, like you just don't always take the time to think about the role that late night stuff is is playing in you know, your, your success. I remember when I quit drinking for the most part and I was like, Oh, I'm still going to go out with my friends and just have some water. Well, that's amazing that I get to go out with my friends and have water, but still coming home at two o'clock in the morning and then getting up at five to start my day isn't amazing for you either. And understanding that those choices have consequences as well, that it's not always as simple as a calorie in calorie out, um, conversation. No, not at all. I mean, you said something so, so I love what you said. It's you can make a choice. And I tell my clients, you're welcome to make any choice you want. I'm not going to tell you that I will never tell my clients not to eat any food, but each choice has a consequence tied to it. I'm yeah. big on I'm big on educating my clients. And um, I have a lot of clients come to me from some uh, from Weight Watchers. I've had them come from from some restrictive type dieting diets that just didn't jive with them and, and, and exacerbated actually some mental health issues and things like that. So they weren't really healthy. And we had to shift gears a little bit and just become more open minded. And they had to learn that choices have consequences and what we put in our bodies affects us. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Not, but the issue is, I think the issue for people is a lack of urgency because you can eat crappy food today. You might feel crappy tomorrow, but you're not going to really see the serious health effects for 10, 20 years. I mean, if COVID took 15, 20 years to kill people, would we be trying to racing to get a fast track of vaccine right now? No, uh, of course not. No, because it's urgency. Why aren't we doing anything about obesity, about diabetes, about heart disease? Because it's not urgent enough. And I mean, there's also establishments that exist around treating it. That's a whole separate conversation, <laughs> but but these but these but these foods are highly addictive, and we have to understand that. We have to understand what we put in our bodies. If we're not putting nutrition in our bodies, everything we put in our bodies is either gonna is either gonna clog you or it's gonna cleanse you. Big thing I like to to stress to people in general, not just my clients, is that if you've went on a diet and you've rebound and you gained weight, or if you've been yo-yo dieting and you feel like a failure, you feel like you're powerless over food. You are not. The diet has failed you because you had you've got bad information. You might have had uh, bad support or no support, 
You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of bad information with diets. Everyone's got a new book. I mean, I bet you four different fad diets came out since we started this live podcast. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're no, not wrong. So, <laughs> but that's also why I take a whole food approach with what I do because it's not restrictive. I want you to eat real food. Yeah, get rid of the processed stuff, but eat real food. And that means yeah. fruits. That means vegetables. That means like fats and fish and steaks and wonderful, delicious foods and butter and real healthy stuff, but quality stuff. And yeah. the, the wonderful thing is it doesn't just help you lose weight, but it's all under the same umbrella. I help, if, if I put you on a weight loss plan, it's the same diet. If I put you on a gut health plan, it's pretty much the same diet. If I put you on a cardiac plan, it's pretty much the same diet. I might make some specific tweaks or add some things in or some supplements, but essentially eating whole food, it's just a lifesaver. It changed my life. The Mediterranean diet by itself is focused on whole food and it's the most widely researched diet on the planet. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about that I thought was really interesting was the difference in mentality. And you kind of talked about this here just a minute ago um, in the U S as far as the way that we see food, as opposed to the European way where you mm. were raised and spent so many of your younger years. Um, and, you know, we were raised and are continue to be raised in this world where every commercial that you see for food is talking about how amazing it's going to make you feel, how good you're going to feel when you eat this, how happy you're going to be when you eat this. You see people out at restaurants and they're laughing and they're having a good time. And, and food in the U S has been tied to emotion. It hasn't been tied to nutrition. And so a long time ago, we stopped eating for nutrition and started eating for emotion. And I think that's one of the hardest things to undo and something that is so important about your approach. Yeah. And, and that's a great segue into one of my favorite lines, you know, eating is not for entertainment. Eating is for fuel. Yeah. And that does not take away the social aspect of eating. I, I love the social aspect of eating. There's numerous times where I'll be the cook and I'll cook for three, four, five people, I might not even be sitting at the table eating. I just love cooking for people. If you come in my house, you're not leaving without a, without a meal and, and, and some stuff to go home. So, and it'll probably be better for you than anything that you could get anywhere else, right? People are stuck on this, this convenience aspect, and, and, and there's so much information. So there's so much bad information out there. Blogs and books aside, there is a humongous effort put forth to mislead us nutritionally you know like fats are bad well no certain fats are bad not all fats are bad it depends what you eat you know and and, and that's one of my main things i tell my client first thing i ask them was they say listen what's the biggest health change i can make right now what kind of oil do you cook with are you using those clear bottles with the yellow oil that says heart healthy on the front <laughs> Listen, I challenge anybody listening right now, go take one of those clear canola, sunflower, corn oils, flip the back of the, if it says heart healthy, I'm not going to name a company, but flip the one that says has a big red heart healthy label on it. And you'll see very small print on the bottom. It says this company recognizes that the FDA uh, found very uh, little uh, evidence of this benefit, yet they can have a big fat heart healthy sticker on it, or it says this is better than olive oil. And people are cooking with this and it's super heated so it can last and, and because it's extracted from seeds. And so there's, you know, and, but people don't talk about this. Yeah. People don't talk about this. It's what our foods are fried in. It's why diabetes is going up. It's why obesity is going up. If fat was the culprit, then how come all chronic disease has been skyrocketing since the same time we made that statement? Yeah. Because what we did is we took away the fats but we just made room for the sugar companies to come in with processed sugars. We didn't replace that with whole foods. There was no effort put forth to say, eat more veggies and fruits. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, you just took out the healthy fats. Um, and so now people are like, oh, I can't have avocado on my salad because it's a fat. And instead, that's what you should be doing, right? That's what you should be eating. So I let, let me tell you, I ate fat to lose fat. You know, I had to get off sugar first because I was a sugar junkie. I like to drink too back in the day. Part of the alcohol addiction is sugar addiction. Once you put the drink on, you're a sugar addict. And that was part of my story. And I had to get through that sugar addiction first. Yeah, and, for sure. But once I did that and I, I became less reliant on these foods and I started incorporating more whole foods and real foods and quality foods and quality fats, and I started eat, eating more 
ancestrally and, and honestly, I think about 60% of my calories come from fats. And I'm not saying for you to do that. I'm just saying don't fear fats. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I mean, obviously, just as I would say, if this podcast was about anything legally related, um, all of this is informational only. And you should reach out to Tommy and discuss one-on-one plans if you have questions, which is why I have his at Living Wellness Solutions on the bottom of this page for you to be able to reach out because he really is a great resource. Tommy, I want to switch into the success element of this podcast because I think mm-hmm. that it's so important to discuss. Um, but before we do that, one more time, what is your website where people can track down your book? So the website is Living Wellness Solutions. It's the same as you see the uh, the handle on the banner on the bottom. Uh, it's just livingwellnesssolutions.com. Perfect. And um, for those of you who do not have the benefit of the live stream, we'll have that in the show notes as well. Um, So I love asking this question. I think everybody, as we talked about health, defines health differently and everybody defines success differently. So for you, how do you define success in your life today? And has that changed throughout your life for you? Yeah, it has absolutely changed. Uh, It it went from I'm going to be a doctor, drive a Porsche in a big house with a wife and a pool and kids and a white picket fence to... um, I want to live on a farm and, and, and grow my own food. <laughs> that is like one end of the spectrum to the other. What do you think it was about? Because I, there's so many people. I was I had this money figure. For me, it was six figures. That was going to be my happy moment. But I, I hear this from so many people. When I was younger, I was going to have the career. I was going to have the money. I was going to have the Porsche. What do you think it is about those things that makes younger people define success that way? I think it's just what we're exposed to at that age, um, you know, especially now with, uh, with social media. I mean, back in my day when I was younger, it was MTV music videos and, and things like that. But now you see everything is about material possessions and makeup. And, and then going back to the point you made, how every commercial is about feeling and emotions. And because we're constantly be, trace back every commercial you see and the root message is you need this. Because yeah. something is wrong with you, whether it's a pharmaceutical medication, a weight loss supplement, or, or, or some kind of mattress because yours sucks, you need this one. It's always the message is you're not good enough, you need this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's seeking that that external validation or seeking whatever you think is missing from those external materialistic things. Um, and then I don't know if it comes from just attaining those things and then realizing that they didn't bring you what they thought, what you thought they were going to bring you. Or, you know, sometimes along the way, something happens that changes our perspective, but it seems like there's this curve where at some point in time, as people age and get wiser and quit listening to all the bull crap that gets said all the time, we learn that success isn't tied to those material things. And then we create this true definition And for you, you said that it was living on a farm and growing your own food. What is it about that that makes you feel successful? Um, Well, so that's not actually my definition of success. I was just kind of saying the shift I've made, but I would love to do that. I would love to buy a ranch one day and be able to have farmland um, to grow my own food for, you know, reasons I think that should be apparent to most people. You know, my, my vision of success, honestly, is being able to do what I do on a wide scale. I, my dream, like people ask you, Hey, what would you do if you hit the lottery? I would sell my house. I would travel the world from country to country, find out what everyone does for wellness, bring wellness to each country. I want to educate. I want to travel the world. I want to help people. Yeah. I want to pay my bills, but money is not primary. I've had money. I lost a lot of money. I'm making money now, but it's not, you know, I, I have struggled with abundance for a while you know, and then the whole issue, but it's not primary to me, my health, the, the, my, the relationships with my family, being able to help my clients. I, I love getting messages, random messages from my clients, uh, showing me their lab report that they're, you know, or, or their doctor, like taking them off medication, like stuff like that lights me on fire or picture in a bathing suit that they've been afraid to put on for three years. So that stuff lights me on fire just to keep doing what I'm doing and just to be able to grow my base and just reach a wider, 
range of people because I think there's, I want to be able to bridge that gap between the crap that you see on TV and on store shelves and on commercials and what's actually on your plate and you might feel it's healthy because there's a lot of misinformation and everything I do is evidence-based um, and every pretty much every approach I use or have used, I've used on myself first. I don't do anything. I, I haven't tried on myself first. I love it. So you're basically your own guinea pig, which is amazing. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm patient zero. I, I mean, I tried a lot of things on my journey to health loss and I still, <laughs> I listen, I still, I'm over the, the eating healthy thing. It just fell into place. Now I'm into like doing some meditations and like 160 degree sauna and, and red lighting and, and, and doing shamanic clearings and um, doing a lot of yoga and meditation and, I just bought Jay Shetty's new book. I'm in love. Uh, you know, like just the man did more for me in four chapters of that book. I think like a monk than, um, than I think my <laughs> therapist has in two years. That's so, awesome. You know, I, I like to say that I, I, I worked on my body for four or five years and now it's time to work on, on, on calming my mind and my mindset and just slowing down and appreciating what I have and, and the gifts that I have to be able to reach and do this on a daily basis with people. That's amazing. And I love the underlying theme that goes through all of that, which is the impact that you're making on other people's lives. I can totally relate to that. You know, in order for me to feel successful, I, I have to know that what I'm doing is making a positive impact on somebody's life. And I hear that in what you're talking about so much. Yeah. If my own transformation didn't have like such an impact, then I wouldn't be saying that right now, but it did. And it's, that's essentially my message. I want to give to you what I was able to give to myself. Yes. You know, and that, and like that may it. be, that, that may be different for everybody. That may be weight loss. That may be just uh, better stress management. That may be uh, improved joint pain or something, but whatever it is, it's possible. And it's, you don't have to be going to your doctor. You don't have to be on pharmaceuticals. You don't have to feel like you're just powerless so i might as well eat this way or my mother had diabetes so i'm gonna have diabetes or hey you know i'm 50 i got this far oh well you know what do you want to make 90 let's let's keep you healthy yeah absolutely absolutely so we have along your journey as well as every other entrepreneur these ups and downs of what we go through. And and I think one of the most important things that I talk about that I love to talk to other entrepreneurs about because everybody feels so alone as they go through this journey. And then we realize as you're sitting there building your first business, you know, quitting your job to build your side hustle, whatever it is, and you feel so alone and you feel like you don't know what you're doing and you feel like everybody else is further along on their journey than you. What advice do you have for that person that just doesn't know that they have what it takes? Sometimes that person is myself. <laughs> on yes, some days, I'll, I'll be you. flat out. I'll, I'll be totally honest with you because one thing I am is transparent. You can feel very alone. It can take a lot. I, I, I would, as long as you're following your passion, but it's it's not an easy road. I think it's something we have to commit to. I think it's a dream that you just have to commit to and believe in and. Um, for me, there's plenty of times I wanted to throw in a towel. But then I had to go back and look at some of my testimonials or or some of the um, the symptom measurements that dropped for, for my patients or these things. Or, or I, I just had to remember why I was doing what I was doing. So there's plenty of times I wanted to throw in a towel. There's plenty of times I wanted to quit and say, F this. I can't figure out internet marketing. I don't know how to run a Facebook group. You know, like, Tommy, you should start a challenge. How the hell do I do that on Facebook? I don't know. I got an account. I friended you. What else? I I don't know. So that was my challenge is a lot of transferring this into the electronic world. And the challenge is going to be different for everybody. But I think if you have a passion and that if you have a gift and you want to tell other people about it, get paid for it. Use that. I use my pain as my passion. I went through a lot of pain, a lot, a lot of pain to get to where I am to bring this message to you and, and to be able to have the gift and grit and gratitude to be where I am. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be a daily struggle and not, not every day is the same. I think it's important not to compare. I, I, I do that. I, I used to do that really bad. I still do that sometimes, but I have to remember this person may have been at it for a long time. This person may have a lot more followers because maybe they have a t- they're doing things differently. 
or maybe they have a team of people, they have a production team, so that's why they're able to do masterminds and conferences and challenges and things like that. So sometimes being a one-man show is, is not easy. Start small, you know, and, and grow from there and don't compare it to other people because some people, everyone's different. And, and what the gift that you have is going to be different than the gift to the person that you're comparing yourself to has. Yeah, I love it. And one of the things that you said that I really want to hit on before we start to wrap this up is that you use your pain for motivation. You use your pain for inspiration. There are so many people out there that think if people knew this about me, they wouldn't hire me. If people knew this about me, they wouldn't want to work with me. And that, that thing is what makes people relate to you. That thing is what makes people be inspired to know that they can make it through whatever their thing is. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you did too. So without a doubt, and it's, it's not something that I thought was not starting. This was like, oh yeah, all this transformation, I'm going to be relatable. I decided to be transparent because I'm, that's just the person I am. And, and I think if you're going to be an effective coach, an effective person and, and do anything in life and communicate pe with people, you have to be transparent. Um, so I'm transparent about my struggles and, and, and what I went through to, to get to where I got. And life wasn't peachy. I went through a lot of crap, a lot of dirt, a lot of bad career choices, bad relationships, lost money, food addictions, alcohol addictions. There was a period of time where I was homeless. Yet here you are changing people's lives. And I think that that's amazing. Yeah, because one day I just decided to believe in myself. I love it. Well, yeah. that is an amazingly inspirational high note to start to wrap this up on. So what I'd love to do is close this out with a quick random round, put you on the spot a little bit and um, ask you a few questions. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. Love it. All right. If you, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? I would probably go back to my childhood in Sweden. I love living there. I love my memories there. I haven't been back since. Okay. I uh, love it. And, and also mom was alive back then. So, you know. Yeah. You can definitely relate to, to the parent. Um, if you could do anything other than what you're doing now, any profession, knowledge and skill don't play a factor. What would you like to attempt? Um. It would be something outdoors. I love being outdoors. I don't know. I, I always wanted to do something like in the national parks. I would be outdoors. I'd be doing something adventurous. So nutrition coach meets like Bear Grylls? Like yeah, the, something like that. The, <laughs> yeah, I like it. So, so I, I, more, like, more like nutrition coach meets Anthony Bourdain. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Yeah, I um, can get on board with that. I like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a book earlier today that has absolutely made a huge impact on you. What book is that again? So that is Jay Shetty's book called Think Like a Monk. Um, I list, I heard a podcast. He was on a pod, on somebody's podcast, and I since then downloaded Jay Shetty's podcast. And um, he is truly amazing. He used to be a monk, um, and he's ex monk because he's married, but all those principles still lie inside of him, And he doesn't teach you to be a monk. He just teaches you to take the mindset of a monk. He addresses things like anxiety and fear and insecurities and, and, and really just makes you think deep down to the core what it is and how we're so, we're so attached to material possessions. And that's what's causing a lot of our anger and our anxiety because we have these attachment to things and people and relationships and how outcomes in life. And, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's such a great book and it's important for me to read because so I'll be transparent. I struggle with these things. I struggle with anxiety on, on a daily basis on some some days I struggle with depression. Uh, if my anxiety is bad enough, OCD kicks in or CDO as I like to call it because I'm a true OCD person. So it needs to be enough for medical order. <laughs> I never thought about that before for OCD. Um, their letters yeah. are in the wrong order. Look at that. So um. I, listen, so I struggle with that every day, but like I don't do what I do despite it. I do, be, I do it because I, I, Every day, there's not a day where my feet hit the floor, my back doesn't hurt, but I still get up and I 
jump on a call with a client or maybe I cook breakfast for the family or maybe I go for a walk or I go for a sauna or a swim. I love to swim because that's one of the things I can do. But regardless of what I do, I just get up and do it. I spent a lot of years in depression and, and clinically depressed, maybe situationally depressed, maybe. But you know what? I was acting out depression because sitting on the couch in my pajamas till 2 p.m. watching Law and Order, not much was going to change. That's not healthy? Apparently, if you're an antidepressant, something's supposed to just Fix it? Yes. But, yes, but it I hear did. you there. So like I had to get out of the house. I had to do things that were not depressive. I had to exercise as one of my main coping skills. I don't, you know, like I'm in shape. So I do go to the gym to stay in shape, but I go more for the feel good. I made a post today about going in the sauna. Uh, I love the detox benefits, the health benefits, but I go because it boosts my endorphins and I love that feel good. Yeah, I love it. So, so I see some books behind you. When you're consuming content, do you prefer audio form, like podcasts and audiobooks, or do you have to hold the physical book and read it? I'm more of a visual person. However, with the level of, of busyness I have now due to COVID, I mean, COVID's a terrible thing. But gratefully, my partner and I have been blessed to have been extremely uh, busy during this time. I think for obvious reasons, everything, everyone's focusing on their health, but yeah, there's a bunch of books behind me. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, All right. I and last question, cause I'm a music nerd. So I have to ask this to every guest. What's your pump up song? What do you listen to that just makes you start moving and you just can't have a bad day? You know, it, there's, there's various things. It depends what I'm in a mood for. Sometimes I might be a little angry, so I might need some hip hop <laughs> or some, or some Dwayne Johnson with some Eminem in the background. I use music inspirationally and, and for different things. So, uh, you know, with what I grew up with, U2 was a big influence in my life. So sometimes I listen to certain U2 songs from certain time periods or certain bands from certain time periods before my life was crappy because a lot of the music from a decade of my life, I can't stand listening to. It causes me like, PTSD or something, you know? So I turn to music, but I, I love pump up songs, anything. Um, yeah. I love it. And I think it's really interesting just to kind of wrap this up with the music comment. I think that's really interesting to really hone in on the emotions that are tied to music, because what you said is not unique to the fact that like we listen to songs and they bring back memories of where we were when we heard that song and what we were doing when, when that song became important to us. And some of those memories you don't want to remember. Right. So I, I got I got a playlist for when I was back in high school and everything was hunky dory. Um, I have a playlist that reminds me of mom. I have a workout playlist. I you know, it, it depends what I what mood I want to get into. So it's not even like what song I feel like hearing. It's it's I look at my I know the mood certain songs get me into and that's how I should it's the same thing with food. I have like this weird like dissociation of taste with food. When I look at food, I'm not like I don't feel like eating that or that looks tasty. I'm like, well, that has vitamin E that has fibro. That's high in protein. <laughs> it's just, yeah. This, yeah. Know, like I, I, um, I, I'm getting there. I still see donuts and think yum. So, <laughs> so listen, I saw, so I'll listen, I'll, transparency. I had donuts. I had apple cider donuts with vanilla ice cream last night. We, uh, we that had a celebration. Amazing. We had a celebration dinner. So that was our little treat. I love it. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I absolutely love what you do. I love your message. I love your mission. I love your story. And I know that you're out there changing lives and I'm glad to be a part of it. Amber, thank you so much. It was a great chat. I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for having me on. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.